Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. And let's give God praise. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for your ministry on the platform. And then we'll give the children time to go where they're going. Amen. The children's church to be ministered to. So what a wonderful time. Behave yourselves. Let the teacher teach. Amen. Got to tell them that, man, because you know how that goes. All it takes is one. And it's more of them than it is of the teacher. So parents, tell your children that when they, before they go, when they, before, you know that car ride on the way to church? <laughs> Threaten them. Don't you be the problem tonight. So, amen. So, I want to uh, just share a simple message tonight. And so, uh, you can turn in your Bibles to John 13. John 13, verses 34 through 35 will be our text scripture for tonight. We're going to jump right into this. And so it says, uh, it reads, uh, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you and that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so listen, uh, this morning, uh, this evening, the command to love was was new in this text because uh, Jesus came and gave it a new standard. How many know that? And so Moses said in Leviticus 19, 18, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus set a new standard when he said this. He said, love as I have loved you. And so Jesus also stated this, uh, also stated that by this unbelievers, uh, people in the world, not the people who aren't saved, people who aren't Christians. This will be your identifier as a Christian, as a Christ follower. As a as a Christ like ambassador, can you say amen? And so isn't this interesting that Jesus says it's not by our doctrinal distinctives that people will know who we are. It's not by, you know, any dramatic uh, miracles that we can perform. It's not even by our love for the lost. It's not by how many charities we're involved in. You know, it's not by, you know, uh, uh any skits or plays that we put on. It's not by fancy clothes that we wear. It's not by, you know, our high flying sermons or, you know, these great programs that we like to instill in, in Christian ministries and all these things. It's not even by the way we speak. He says simply it is by our love for one another. That will be our identifier. That will be how people know who we are. Love God and love people. That's the mark to live by. Can you say amen tonight? And so can I ask you, listen, what are you known for? What are you known for? Do you have love for others uh, without saying a single word? Can people see the love of Christ exhibited in your life? See, this is the question we have to ask ourselves. Can people tell that we're Christians? And so I want to look at this uh, tonight uh, very briefly. The, birth, the, the title of the message is The Birthmark of a Christian. And so we're going to pray and ask God's blessing over the message and uh, we're going to receive it into our hearts. And so let's pray, church. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you 
for the opportunity to be here. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the hearts assembled here to receive your word. God, I pray right now that you would touch our hearts, Lord. Open us, God, to what you would want to pour into us, God. I pray fill us, God, with your spirit. Fill us with your word, God, and help us to apply it to our lives. Let us be a blessing, God, to this world, God. Let us spread your love. God, let us spread, God, your truth. Let us spread your word. Let us be Christ's ambassadors, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Let the church say, amen. The first point I want to look at is a Christ-like identifier. And so birthmark, according to the Webster Dictionary, it says an unusual mark or blemish on the skin at birth. And so the Urban Dictionary defines a birthmark as a mark given to someone at birth by God because he decided it should grow on that person in a certain place. Sometimes they look really cute and attractive and are not moles. Most people who have them don't like them, but it, is, it usually makes, uh, makes them more appealing because they are different than the rest of us because they are more special. That's the Urban Dictionary's uh, definition. How many, uh, how many of you have a birthmark? Now, hold on. Show your hands, not your marks. All right. Okay. Amen. All right. People start standing up. I got one. No. Keep it to yourself. Amen. But listen, every Christian, when you are born again, you receive a spiritual birthmark from Jesus Christ. The Bible uh, says that Jesus Christ calls this birthmark love. He says that uh, love is the Christian identifier he said this because this is how we're going to be known this is how even though they can't you know people may not necessarily know our names or they may not necessarily know who we are or know a lot about us they say listen this is how you're going to be identified by how you love one another the love that you exhibit we're going to look at uh, love in the uh, in the in the realm of feeling and so in in, in, our, in our day most define love as some type of feeling i mean know that People say, you know, uh, uh, we fell in love or two people meet and it's love at first sight and all of these things. But the world's love is often motive driven. How many know that the world's love is condition based? It is selfish. Uh, if you love me, I'll love you. If, if this relationship is beneficial for me, then it's a good relationship. I'll love you. But as soon as the benefits run out, so does the love. Do this. Do that. Do this. And in return, guess what? If you meet all my criteria, I might just love you. Emotionally. See, love for some may be about connecting with another person emotionally. See, love for some may be described by the attachment of one's emotions towards another. In other words, uh, when you love someone, their fate become, it becomes intertwined with yours. Like a mother to a child when the child is moving around in the womb. How many know the mother feels that? I've often uh, read and, and seen and heard books and it's portrayed oftentimes in movies and things like that. And sometimes, even my mom sometimes will say, you know, I just need to call you. Mothers into mothers. We don't have to be in their presence. They can feel there is a spiritual connection between a mother and a child. And so that love that they have, I mean, it's attached, it's intertwined. And so when a, when a person that's sad that we love, that, excuse me, when a person's sad that we love, you know, we, we cry with them. How many know that? We, we, want, we hurt for them. We empathize with them. We sympathize with them. We can feel their pain. And so can I tell you, love can simply be accepting someone as they are. Love unconditional. How many know that's what makes a good marriage works? That's what makes a good church work. 
Loving people as they are. Listen, if we were all the same, if there was a bunch of little everybody's running around in here and we were all robot, people would call us a cult. They do anyway, but you know, praise the Lord. But listen, if we're going to do anything pleasing to God, if we're going to serve God, then we must walk in this thing called love. And so I began to talk to the teens about walking in the spirit. But what, what that can be transliterated as is they walk in love. Because this is how we'll be identified. Ephesians 5 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. See, for us as believers, love is our trademark. Love is a, a trademark, is a word or words uh, legally registered or established by use as representing a company or a product. How many know designers are known by their trademarks? You know, uh, anybody ever used to download an app on your phone when, when all these apps started coming out and you had to identify the logos? They might have not had all the, the words on there, but they just had symbols. And so that, that, you know, you didn't need the words. How many know that? If somebody would, if they would have put a swoosh up there on the screen, y'all automatically say what? Nike. Just do it, right? They would have put a little man on a horse up there. Y'all automatically say what? See? If they were to put you up there, would you be identified by love? What what identifies you? What is your Christian characteristic? As a Christian, what are, what are you known for? What is your trademark? What do you do? What do you say? What do you speak? See, love is the trademark of our Heavenly Father. When we look at God, God is a big picture of, of uh, unconditional love. How many know that? His love for us is unconditional and so you and I, we must uh, be imitators of that love towards one another. Let's look at, secondly at love demonstrated. Jesus gave uh, the disciples and us an example of love to follow in John 13, 1 through 14. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, okay? For the sake of time, I just want to get to the main ones and I want to hit this for context and all that. So, well, I'm going to tell you what verses and so you can kind of skim. So, as we're going, just know we're in between verses 1 and 14. And we're going to start at verse one. It says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Uh, we're going to jump down to verse five through nine. It says, uh, it says this, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel, which he had, which we had, which, which, with which he had girded. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I'm doing to you, uh, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Verse, uh, verse eight, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you. Uh, watch you, you have no part with me. Verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jump down to verse 12. It says, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garment and sat down again, he said to them, do you know that or do you know what I have done to you? Uh, you called me teacher and Lord and you say and you say, well, for so for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And so Jesus here demonstrates his unequivocal love for his disciples by washing their feet. And so how many know Jesus loved all of his disciples, even though he knew one of them would betray him? See, Jesus loved them all, even though he knew another would deny him, even though he knew all would desert him for a time. Think about that. Listen, Jesus loved us despite our unworthiness. 
Jesus loved us even before. Listen, we cared anything about him. Right. Jesus loves us even on days when we don't treat him like we should. He loves us even when, despite our flaws, even despite our mess ups, even despite it, the Bible tells us our righteousness is as a filthy rag. So that means on our best day, listen, our best day to God is just like, nah, I might not kill you. Right. Listen, I want to tell you that love was demonstrated for all to see when Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. I want to tell you, you know, the wonderful thing about Jesus is if you were the last person here on earth, he would still go to the cross for you. It's the most wonderful thing. I want to give you a quote. It said, God loved each of us as if that if they if there were only one of us. See, God loves each of us as if they were only one of us. That is the God we serve. You got to grasp that. that how many know there's billions of people in the world? Jesus is the only savior that you can have a personal relationship with. He can't listen. He doesn't he doesn't say, OK, well, I'm going to love you because you're a pastor and I'm going to love you because you're a new. I'm going to love you less because you're a new convert. When you get up to pastor level, then I love you more. He doesn't do that. He cares about each and every one of us individually together. It is an amazing concept. It is an amazing thing that this God that we serve, serve loves us so much. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, the lost sinner living in rebellion and sin is still loved by the Lord. Jesus loved us enough to die for us and pay our sin debt while we were sinning against him. I mean, no, some of us was in the club. Some of us was somewhere drunk out of our minds, acting crazy. Some of us were in unrighteous relationships. Some of us were doing things that, hey, we can't talk about. Somebody, some of us was in somebody's jail. Right? And it said that, listen, Christ still died for you. And I, it said Christ still loved us. Man, I remember there were times, man, in my, in my center days, right? And I grew up in church, so I knew some things. And but there were specific times when I'm like, God, and some of y'all said the same prayer. So don't don't even sit up here and throw stones. God, if you get me out of this one, I'll never again, whatever it is. I remember, man, I'm sitting there. I man, sometimes I was gone. Y'all know when you gone, gone. Right. And I was like, Lord, if you if I wake up tomorrow, I'm never going to do this again. That was my prayer. I did it again next weekend. And God said, even in that, I still can save you. Think about that. I lied to him straight up. Bald face lie. I just wanted him to help me right then. And he did. He did his part. He didn't let me die. He could have let me die. I could have died, y'all. Straight up. Some of you thinking the same. I could. I should have died. And God said, you know what? I love him still. This quote by Rick Warren says, God is love. He didn't need us, but he wanted us. And that is the most amazing thing. That is the most amazing thing. God don't need us. He doesn't. When you think about who God is, when you think about all that God, God created, listen, look, all that we see, God created it. What does he need us for? Some of us can't. All right. Some of us can't boil water. <laughs> what he need us for? 
What does God need us for when he when he listen? Think about this. God told the water to stop here. Don't go past this boundary. Then God said, listen, when you're going to blow, they're not going to see you, but they're going to feel your effects. Think about that. God told this bird, you're going to be this color and you're going to look just like him. But there's going to be a little spots on your chest and there's going to be and you're going to be two totally different things. Think about the inner workings of the human body. God put all that together. Why does he need us? Because I'm not that smart. I would have been drawing stick figures. All of us would have been walking around stick figures if it would have been me. In verses 5 through 9 of, of John, the washing was a symbol of spiritual cleansing. Listen, a believer has already been cleansed. They only need that daily cleansing. Because you know how I many know sin comes in sin. Like Alvin was saying earlier, you know, Monday and Tuesday, we're not up in here. And sin begins to stick to us, right? It's, it's like, you know, that car runs by you and just splashes mud on you. That's kind of how sin does Monday and Tuesday. You know, we leave Sunday, we get cleaned up and we're good. Monday and Tuesday, we get more mud on us from the world. And we come to church on Wednesday and we're able to get it washed away again. We need that spiritual cleansing. When you get up in the morning and you go to your prayer closet and you begin to pray, you begin to put on that coat of wax, right? That coat of wax so you can keep yourself, you know, that way when sin does come, it just kind of slides off. It don't stick. That way you can make it through the day. First John 1 John 1.9 says that we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, thus Jesus washing of the disciples' feet was not only a model of service, but it represented the ultimate service in love, forgiveness of sin. See, this washing of the feet. This, see, Peter called it. Peter was like, you know what? Everything, Lord. You know, Jesus was like, keep your clothes on, bro. In, in verse 14, it says, you, all, you also ought to wash one another's feet. How many know Jesus was using uh, his practical act, actions to give us an example of, how, of, of love to his disciples? He was telling them, he's telling them, watch what I do. And this is what you need to do for one another. Can I ask you, do you follow the example of love that Jesus has commanded us? Do you serve others as Christ served you? Do you love others as Christ loved you? Are we as quick to forgive as Christ forgave us? If we had a logo or a brand, if we had to be identified by something, and I, you know, I even struggle using that word because nowadays, you know, talking about identifying is it's a weird thing. So let's go with this. If you had a signature trademark, there you go. Can't say identify because, you know, gets a little weird nowadays. So if you had a signature trademark, what would your logo be? Would it be love? Or would it be something different? After you're dead and gone, will people remember you for the way you love people? Or will people remember you for something else? Well, some people be dancing because you're gone. Would you build a legacy of love as you live? Let's thirdly look at love imitated. Love is the bottom line. How many know that? Nothing that we do counts unless we love. The Bible tells us that. In short, listen, you can't go anywhere spiritually or in your relationship with God until you get your love walk straight. So you can't do anything in the spirit. You're not going to grow. You're not going to grow in your in your spirituality and your Christianity unless you learn how to love right. 
See, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, eagerly pursue, this is the uh, Amplified Version, it says, eagerly pursue and see to acquire this love. Make it your aim. It says, make it your great quest. See, living a life ruled by the love of God is what opens you and I up to walk in the spirit and live in the highest measures of blessing and the power of God. Think about that. When we when our hearts are ruled by love, I mean, we, we can think straight. When we have love for our brothers and sisters, we can come to church and the offenses can come and we can say, you know what? I just pray for them. We can come to churches and receive the message that the pastor's given and we can walk out with a clear mind. We can come to an altar and we can hear from God. See, some people come and they come to church and they, they I don't get what nothing. I don't get the music. I don't get the sermon. I don't get what they're praying about. I don't get why they say God a million times when they pray. I don't get it. Some people can come in, in, in their minds is all man. It's, it's like church is too much for them. But how many know when we get our hearts right, it get our minds right and we can think clear. God can begin to speak to us. God can begin to get that inner working right. He can begin to cleanse us and purify us and sanctify us and justify us and all those good things. And we can walk in the power of his word. Can you say amen? amen. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, the Amplified Version also says this. Therefore, become imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children, imitate their fathers and walk continually in love. That is, uh, value one another's practice, empathy, and compassion. Unselfishly seek the best for others. That last part is critical there. It says this is to value one another. All of us in here are important. Every single person in here is important. It says practice empathy. People aren't just, you know, people aren't just trying to bug you. This is one of the things that, you know, as our kids get older, they begin to have it's something, it's something about it. they begin to think, you know, it's a weird thing. They don't they don't they lack compassion for one another, right? It's like, you're trying to bother me. You're trying to get on my nerves. And it's like, no, no. You know, y'all just different. Y'all are growing. You know, you both got egos now. You know, kids, when they were little, when they were small and, and they were all playing with Legos and stuff, they ain't had no ego. But now, you know, they start smelling themselves and now they got ego. It also says we have to unselfishly seek the best for others. And that is a very vital thing. It says unselfishly seek because we know the devil likes to play. The devil likes to manipulate and the devil will manipulate the people that you love the most. The people that are closest to you, he will manipulate so that we'll begin to war with each other. It says unselfishly seek the best for one another. So that means when you pray, don't pray like the Pharisee prays. I mean, remember that Pharisee prayer. Lord, I thank God that I'm not like this tax collector. Don't pray like that for one another. Lord, I'm glad I don't got uh, Alvin's neck problem, Lord. <laughs> don't play. Don't don't be praying like that for one another. Right. Ask God to heal them. You know, you know, don't just talk about people, you know. Oh, man. Did you see them? How about pray for them first? Uplift one another. The Bible tells us that we should carry one another's burden. That means if a brother or sister is going through, guess what? Uplift them in prayer. Call them. Check on them. Shoot them a text. Uh, Dollar Tree sells cards. Oh, I just blew some of y'all's minds. <laughs> For real. I didn't know that. Yeah, Dollar Tree sells cards. Get one. Give it to them. They will appreciate it. It's a small, simple thing. You'd be surprised 
Just how much, my wife tells me this all the time, the small things matter. It's the small things. See, powerful emotions may accompany love, but it's the commitment of the will. Think about that. It takes commitment to be unselfish. It takes commitment to show empathy. It takes commitment to have compassion and love for one another. It takes a commitment. You, Because so, listen, how many know, we don't always just naturally, we're all from different backgrounds. We were all raised different, right? We all have some, you know, we got different things going on. We got different vision. We think, the Bible tells us, every man, you know, thinks that his way is right. And so when we come into the church, we have to manage all of that. And so it takes a commitment. You know, the, the biggest thing that I, I love, I, me and my uh, Pastor Dion, we have this saying, when they start speaking the language, right? What does that mean? So that means that when a person who newly gets saved and their language begins to change, they begin to say stuff like, oh, yeah, I'll be to my church. You hear them talking to other people that might not be saved to their own outreach. Yeah, our church is. When they begin, that language begins to change. It's no longer that church or no longer come to this church. It's my church, my pastor, my pastor's wife, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is my church family. I love that. When people give up and give testimony and say, this is my church family. That's a game changer. That means that the commitment of the will has changed. I'm going to be here. I'm going to serve God. God is doing something in this place. God has saved me in this place. These are the birthmarks of a Christian. When their will begins to commit and say, you know what? I'm going to love. My love is steadfast and unchanging. My love for God, my love for God's people steadfast and unchanging how many know that emotions change see this is an emotional generation and people are led by emotions all the time you know and so uh, a, a, a commitment to love in the biblical manner endures and is the trademark of a disciple of a christian this is why i always pray i'm like my, one of my uh, uh, deepest prayers is like god give me longevity in the kingdom i pray for that because I understand the devil is always trying to rip us off and rob us. Always. That's always. And so you have to begin to pray, God, give me longevity. God, I want to be around to see this thing go the way you says it's going to go in your word. It's the love of Christ in us that, uh, uh, you know, that brings the separate, that bridges the separation that we have in the world. I mean, in the world, some of us might not even talk to one another. Amen. That's facts. In the world, some of us might not even, you know, we might not even share any interest at all. I mean, know that our backgrounds are different. We, we wouldn't we wouldn't travel to the same places. Thank God for Walmart. Everybody goes there. But in the kingdom of God, somebody from the wrong sides of the track and somebody from a high class neighborhood can come and sit together and worship the same God. And they could look at each other with love. The person from the wrong side of the tracks can have them over their house. And the person from the upper class neighborhood can have them over their house. And they say, that's my brother. They don't look at him no different. That's what the kingdom of God does. The Bible tells us, listen, when we begin to God, when Christ begins to bridge this gap in our heart, he says, that's love. That's the love that I have. I mean, you know, Christ wasn't up there with the, with, with the highfalutin folks. He knew who they were. He said, I, he said, I'll check on y'all occasionally, rebuke y'all. But where was he? He was with the common folks. He was with the common folks. And he, that's where his heart was. That's where his love was. 
I mean, no, a, a, emotions will vary, but a commitment which has its uh, basis in biblical love will not be affected by the whims of emotions or one's circumstances. What does that mean? That means that, listen, when the issues of life come, we can stand firm. When the issue, our heart won't change for our brothers and sisters in Christ. This love that God has given us won't just be easily ripped away. It won't just, oh, well, you just forget what God has done for you because life gets tough. When it's based in biblical, uh, the biblical foundation of love. I mean, no, typically when someone is in the wrong or perhaps they have wronged you, the right thing to do is to forgive them or show love towards them. But it doesn't, but it doesn't always mean the person that has wronged you is going to receive your, 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 the love that you show them. And that's the hardest thing sometimes. Because we're like, you know what? Well, I apologize. I don't accept. They, don't, they didn't accept your apology. Now what you going to do? Will you love them anyway? Husbands, wives, brothers and sisters in the church. We, 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 we clash sometimes. We say stuff we don't mean or stuff that we shouldn't say. And they may not be ready to forgive you in that moment when you're ready to offer the apology. How do you proceed? You got to love them anyway. You got to love them anyway. If we're going to impact the world and show God's love towards each other, it's going to be demonstrated by the willpower to love because uh it will tell you and I that this is what God, that this is what Jesus commanded us to do. Love God and love people. How many know that? I'm going to close with this scripture, 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Can you say amen tonight? Let's bow our heads tonight and respect to God, your neighbor. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.